The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Well, good morning. My name is Ashraf Garda. The Forum at 8 certainly is what we have for the next hour. So uh, I hope you're part of it. And make a note of this number. It's 89 one one zero four two zero eight. So I'll take calls later on, but save the number zero eight nine one one zero four two zero eight. SMSs will cost you two rands three four seven zero one. If you are tweeting, you have the option to tweet AM Live on SAFM and post the same comments on Facebook as well. And if you wish to tweet me as well, you can go at, at Ashraf Garanta. Right. So important issue really that of informal trading. We've touched on it earlier this week. Remember, it refers to people who conduct informal tr- street trading on a small scale, mostly from street pavements, and who as a group offer a large variety of products and basic services to prospective clients. Well, we're told informal traders are distributors of affordable goods and services. In fact, some tell us their fresh producers mostly have a better quality. We'll find out more about all of that. The important question really to ask now is, are we underestimating the contribution of the informal sector to our economy. So what do you understand by that phrase, the informal sector, and do we as a country underestimate just how important they are and how they in fact contribute and advance the cause of the economy? That's the basis of what we're talking about here on the uh, forum at 8. I've got four guests. I will run through some of them. Uh, in fact, we'll do it now and then uh, speak to some of them at different times. Uh, the first guest is uh, Admin Elias, who is the spokesperson for the South African National Traders Retail Association. That's Centra. Admin, good chatting to you. Hi. Good morning, Ashraf. Good morning, listeners. Good morning. We also have uh, Marina Willemso, who is an economist at the Efficient Group. Hi, Marina. Everyone. Thank you. We also have um, Dr. Sam Motsanyani, who's uh, well, a self-made entrepreneur. I had a good chat with you, remember, at NAFCOC, uh, the conference at Sun City a few months back. Good chatting to you. Hi. Hi. Thank you. And, and uh, the last guest is Erica Elk, who's the Executive Director of Cape Craft and Design Institute. Erica, good morning to you. Hi, everyone. Thank you. All right. Part of it, of course, is the overall discussion around uh, the importance of the informal sector. But before I even get to that, I just want to get an update from Admin Elias uh, from the South African National Traders Retail Association about what's happened in Johannesburg, which really is the basis of what has sparked of our discussion. Uh, when we spoke a couple of days ago, we spoke about possible court action because many of these informal traders, street vendors, have been removed from the streets of Joburg. They can't trade there, right? Yeah, that is the situation. Uh, unfortunately, we did some stats last night. There are 23 streets that will appear to be remaining prohibited to people who previously traded. And we're left with one option, and that's court action. So this matter will be heard in the Johannesburg High Court, in the Urgent Court, on Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. That's next week. Okay, in the, in the meantime, your thoughts then, in terms of just how important is the informal sector? Well... There's no doubt it's a huge undocumented component of the economy. And I think when we speak of the informal sector, we need to break it down into two sections. The one uh, is people who are informally employed, Mm -hmm. and the other is informal traders as such. And they both contribute. I think there's an integration between formal and informal. Uh, I, I think as we discuss, we can unpack these issues. But the bottom line is that 2% GDP growth will never absorb the unemployed into the formal sector. So there needs to be a refocus almost. What I would say is we need to get government, business, and civil society collectively 
to embrace on this component of the economy. It's basically a component of one economy, mm-hmm. and it's a neglected component. All right, my understanding in terms of chatting to many people uh, on the afternoon talk show that I do is we talk entrepreneurship very often, and I think government is appears to be very onside with regard to that. But there's a difference, really, between encouraging entrepreneurship and encouraging uh, informal trade. But Marina Valencia, maybe you can comment on that. Well, I think that's probably what happens, is that it is so difficult for people to um, enter into the labor market in South Africa. There's so many regulations that businesses have to tick, that employers have to tick to get people employed. It's often very easy to just go the other way, go the perhaps um, the unregistered way. Um, and I think that's that's the case in South Africa for certain, because um, like uh, your previous speaker said, if we've got an economic growth number of 2%, it obviously means that uh, with an unemployment number uh, at around 25%, um, there must be a large uninformal sector um, of employed people, um, otherwise we would have seen a riot. Okay, but, but the thought then is that whereas entrepreneurship and self-employment is encouraged, Informal is, is not because, in fact, these people don't pay taxes and they, they break the law. They simply put up a table wherever they feel like and they start trading there. And that's the reason why uh, many municipalities, uh, in fact, not just don't encourage it, in fact, discourage it. Your thoughts on that? Well, yes, I, I agree. I think that's, that is the practice at the moment. I think we should focus on the solution to that. I mean, obviously, we've, we've read in the National Development Plan that the emphasis should be on entrepreneurship and the creation of more entrepreneurs. So, obviously, we want to create more entrepreneurs. We should make it easy for entrepreneurs and businesses, small businesses, to be created and, therefore, allow these people on an easy way to employ people or get rid of unproductive people. And that's really one of the keys. I think if we can liberalize our labor market to a certain extent, we'd be able to absorb those people into the economy on a legal basis. Okay, let me bring in the views of uh, Dr. Samuel Your Your thoughts on that, you know, making it easy for, for in, informal traders, would you encourage that or does that come with pitfalls? I would certainly uh, encourage that uh, we allow this uh, informal sector to thrive and develop because that is the the actual necessary, the incubating uh, point of uh, the future entrepreneurs in the country. If we do not allow the informal sector to thrive and grow, as in other countries uh, that, that I have visited, uh, the informal se- sector is, is, is an area where inter- future entrepreneurs uh, are, are really developed from. And I think uh, taking account of the uh, laws that restricted uh, black involvement in the past in the economy, we we need to to be able to to grow the sector in order to create more jobs. Unemployment is high, as as has been indicated, and we we've got to to create a, a level of of, of uh, increasing employment creation in the country, and it is. By encouraging the informal sector, the informal sector to grow, that we can uh, eventually have more jobs created in the country. If we don't do that, then uh, uh, the future of the country remains quite bleak. Hello, I'll bring in Erica Alk, the executive director of uh, Cape Craft and Design Institute. Erica, if, if we encourage the informal sector and the growth in the informal sector. How, how does government, how should government do that 
but at the same time ensure that there's some form of regulation because at this point in time, uh, and really my, the loose definition in terms of informal suggests simply that, an informal way of doing business. Um, so I think what, what is important is in a way is to understand why people are, are informal in the first place. And I think it's because they are, because of, of sort of historical reasons and because they've been excluded from the economy and, and continue to be. And so I think that it, the way we help them develop needs to take that into account. And I think one of the, the biggest challenges informal um, entrepreneurs and informal traders encounter is in a way, is access to markets. And that's why traders are, are trading in the streets, because they're going to where where their market is. Um, and so I think that what we, in a way, what, what we all need to be doing is embracing them. How do we support that um, in a way that accommodates everybody's needs? And that's about the opportunity, access to resources. Yeah, regulation is part of that. Well, but I think regulation also needs to, to come with support. Okay, creating that win-win scenario is what we're talking about. And the basis of the forum at 8 therefore, is are we underestimating the contribution of uh, the informal sector to our economy? So just how big is it? And if we, th- if we dismiss it, well, are we being, you know, crazy, foolhardy by underestimating it? I'll get your calls now. In fact, we can open the lines to 0891 In fact, let me get that right, uh, because 207 is for the afternoon shows. It's 891 so 0891-104-208, you have the option to SMS at 34701, 34701. And as per usual, I appreciate the calls because we get a good sense of the, of the pulse of the nation just by what you're thinking. We get a sense of what people, in fact, are, are feeling about many important issues uh, with regards to this. Let's then go back to, to Edmund uh, Elias. Ed, Edmund, let's, I mean, I, I would take it that nobody who's trading informally will do that out of first choice, isn't it? That, in fact, they all have aspirations to do a lot more. I'm not quite sure that I agree with that argument. I think um, this goes back. There's a historical reason. You must remember many of the people in the informal sector uh, are the product of our apartheid past. And for that reason, yeah. many of them want to be, own. Uh, uh, put it this way, owners of businesses. And they don't qualify to operate from business premises. So they're quite proud and happy to be the owner of their little store, wherever it may be. Um, you know, this is the bottom run. But what I'm saying is that, is that where they want to remain. You see, if, if, they, if they're trading informally, I understand the, the need to want to, to be trading by themselves, but is that where they want to be permanently, or do they have aspirations to grow bigger, and therefore they need encouragement? I think it's... Uh, it, I think it's the, we, we cannot generalize on that issue, because um, certain people... Let's give you an example. Uh, Joe trades on Elof Street. He does a turnover that is understated, um, he's quite happy to have that lucrative retail trading spot in the center of downtown Johannesburg. His neighbor w- might want to aspire, but I think this question of graduation is an evolutionary process. It cannot be forced. Mm-hmm. We keep hearing graduation and incubation from government, and, but they can't produce a, si- a single successful graduate. So I think it's an evolutionary process that some yes and some no. Okay, just how big then is this informal sector? We'll get the thoughts of uh, Marina Villemse in a second. Let's get to Frank's uh, views as a caller from Joburg. Hi, Frank. Uh, good morning, Ashraf. Good morning. Go ahead. Um, yes, I think at this time we did appreciate um, uh, the informal sector as an engine that uh, provides resilience and livelihoods to the poor. Uh, throughout Africa, uh, the informal sector 
is a key part of the economy. And I think it's the same for large parts of our own society. All right, but, but, but do you think we, we're not encouraging them enough? We're not appreciating them enough? I just hear the talk uh, of a lot of speakers. I see the actions of the Joburg City Council, its control, its regulation. Instead of support, instead of measures that would allow the growth of the sector and for people in that sector to have upward mobility. Mm. Okay, thanks for that score, Frank. We'll get to Eddie in a second. Marina Willemse with me, economist at uh, the Efficient Group. Marina, your your opinion then in terms of, well, not opinion, the facts. How how big is this uh, informal uh, trading uh, factor as, as, as a part of the economy, maybe as a percentage? How big does it generate compared to the rest? Well, obviously it's very difficult to determine because there are very various methods of determining this and they contrast with each other often. So it's sort of you sort of have to pick a strategy or pick a method and then sort of rely on that and there's always criticisms related to that method. Statistics is I use a specific method, uh, there's been many studies in academic circles um, to try and estimate the size. We know an official private un, um, a private source is the ACOP index, which is probably the most publicized um, statistic that comes out on a monthly basis to tell us how big the unemployed or the unofficial um, side of the employed sector is. And the, the, the figures range from a 2 million to a 6 million, um, and as a percentage of the total employed, it's probably around 20% or could be much larger, really depending on um, which method you use. So again, um, I think this is probably why it's still a large unanswered mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. in our economy because it's extremely difficult to really determine. Because I think a large part of the methods that we use to try and determine this is, is, is really based on asking the people, you know, are you registered for VAT? Are you a, a, do you register your employees? And often the answer is no, because it's part of an illegal activity. Yeah, and, and you know, you, you made the point about liberalizing uh, the informal sector. Let, let's just work on the assumption that it's not happening to a large degree at this point in time. If all these people move out of the informal sector because they can't trade, the impact in terms of unemployment would be dramatic, isn't it, uh, Marina? Well, I think if you take um, the official workforce, um, it's mostly people that we know about, um, and that, that, that makes up the unemployed part of our population, which is also, again, if you compare it to our total population, fairly small. Um, and according to our labor force, we know, obviously, it's about 25%. Um, I think that if, if we do sort of use the methods to, to try and eliminate the informal sector, and the informal employed sector of our economy, we're probably going to be hurt. I think there's very specific ways that the informal sector also contribute in the economic, mm-hmm. um, in the economy as a whole. For instance, I mean, people, all, all people, everybody pays taxes. Um, even if you're not registered for personal income tax, you still pay that. So to a very large extent, if there's less money flowing in the economy because we sort of limit certain portions of our economy, uh, whether it's legal or not, I suppose we'll see it in the back receipts and we'll feel that throughout the different chains of the, econ- chains of the economy and therefore also see economic growth suffering because of it. All right, so are we underestimating the contribution of the informal sector to our economy? Uh, if the answer is yes, then what needs to be done? Uh, your thoughts in terms of being creative around it, government uh, upfront very 
on side in terms of promoting entrepreneurship, but how far are they going, especially with regard to the informal sector? I know that um, Erika Elk and Dr. Sam Motsanyani have just got to stay with us for the next five minutes. I'll just stay with them for the few minutes. Dr. Motsanyani, if, if we're saying that, and I have no doubt that government understands the need to, to encourage entrepreneurship, that, then why, is it, why does it appear that, in fact, they're turning a blind eye to the, to the importance of the informal sector in particular? I do not believe that the government has, has, has scanned the blind eye. In, in my own view, they, they are, in fact, uh, uh, encouraging us at, at all levels. If you look at the, the training that is provided to the informal sector. Now, as the president of NAFCOC many years ago already, we recognize the importance of the the informal sector, and we, we created a structure that was called ARCHIP, that was a, a structure which still exists today, an organization of informal uh, sector business people uh, throughout the country. And I believe that uh, the trend is that the informal sector there is, is, is growing. And I don't believe that uh, the government is, in fact, uh, uh, trying to, to put a stop to it. The only thing that uh, needs to be done is, uh, and which prevents a problem is, is how to regulate the, the, mm-hmm. the sector. Uh, we, we are talking now about uh, uh, health sectors that uh, arise from too many of them trading in one street and, and blocking traffic. All of those implications, we've got to find a way that will uh, facilitate the, the regulating of, of the sector without actually putting a stop on the growth of, of the sector mm-hmm. because everywhere, in, not only in Africa, throughout the world, you, you have this informal sector operating in China, for instance. We, we have the informal sector as, as one of the, the, the great components of, of, of their economy in that country. And I believe that the government's policy in this country should also recognize that uh, it is important to have that sector, but it has to be regulated. Our problem today is that there is a, a great influx into our country from the neighboring countries. People are coming in, and uh, many of these people uh, flood the, the informal sector because they have no other choice. They can't find employment and hence they drift into the informal sector. And these are the people that are making problems for the government because they, they, they cannot be actually traced. They, the identities are not traceable and that creates a problem. Well, Erika, your, your thoughts on that, that we you know, do, do you find that sometimes informal traders, especially with regard to regulation, uh, appear to expect too much in terms of if they expect government to turn a blind eye to, to the way they trade, you know, sort of multiple traders on one block, irrespective of what happens around them, then that's being unfair to government. I mean, clearly some laws have got to be put in place and implemented. Um, so I, th- I think we've got to find the balance, and I, and I, and I suppose it's about... Um, for me, it's turning the, the conversation to embracing the fact that the informal sector is a is a reality, that that it's also a part of a sort of development stage for businesses. You know, some people have to just start somewhere, um, 
And if we, if, if the conversation is about how do we embrace it and how do we factor it into our street life and our city life, um, I think it, it could start to turn the conversation to one of support and, and, and develop um, and, and in a way help people through that, that evolutionary path more mm-hmm. quickly than control and, and, and regulate. Whereas right. obviously that would be part of it, but I think it changes the dynamic of the conversation. Okay. Admittedly, Ad- 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 don't you think sometimes informal traders expect too much? Notwithstanding their right to self-realization, I think we understand that. I think the issue goes deeper, and and what the last speakers have said bring up about six key points. Mm -hmm. The impact of urbanization, the integration of people's economic activity with urban renewal, training, loans, public space management, and there is this perception of a conflict of interest. But what we find is that where informal trading is managed, there is no conflict of interest, the one supplements the other. When it's managed, in fact, is, is who manages it. What, what, would, what would you like to say, Dr. Dr. Sam Mozzignani, just your, your final thought before you go, what, what would you like then to see happen now? Number one, I, I believe that uh, we have to maintain uh, the climate of, of free, free trade in the country, freedom for people <laughs> to enter into any business that of their choice, uh, and uh, it happens at, at that level of the informal settlement. But we, we have to allow the government to regulate how we, we where we, we trade and, uh, and, and conditions that uh, impact on the health of the people and, and transport. Things like those should be, we should allow the government to, to participate there uh, so that there is no uh, mayhem in, in, in the country as a result of, of the informal uh, sector's uh, involvement. All right. it, it's, but I think they, they need to be allowed and given all the freedom to initiate uh, businesses of their choice wherever okay. they, they see opportunity. The, the, the question is how. Thanks for your time, Dr. Sam Mozzignani. I'm going to open. I'll take more calls now, definitely. So, especially if you're, if you're an informal trader yourself or you know somebody who is, what are your thoughts? What are your experiences? Who's encouraging you? Who's discouraging you? I want to know about it. 0891104208. Seppo, I'll get to you in a minute. Let's get to the news headlines now. Just go on 30 with accurate. Well, the next time we're going to do the traveler's weather, we're going to give it to Rowena because she is she traveled across the length and breadth of the country. So it's Thursday. She's in the in the Western Cape. What's happening in the morning talk? Yeah. You too funny, Ashraf. Yeah, here's what's coming up on morning talk today. We're broadcasting live from the United Nations Association of South Africa MDG India by 2013. It's a two-day conference. It starts today, and the venue is the main library auditorium of the University of the Western Cape. This endeavor actually is aimed to to bring together people from government from business, from academia, from, uh, from civil society organizations, just to engage in dialogue about the faced challenges around achieving the Millennium Development Goals and uh, to talk about potential solutions as well. I think it's also an opportunity to monitor and evaluate progress so far in attaining the MDGs and to hold each other accountable and, 
and and to have the countries implement policies and interventions that meet the needs the needs of all South Africans. So that's going to be the main focus of today's show. We'll talk to various role players and delegates attending this meeting. But between 10 and 10.30, we'll have our regular small business feature. And today we'll be talking about creative ways to promote entrepreneurship in South Africa. So that's what we're talking about today. Thanks, Ashraf. Centurion, don't miss the Momentum ODI Titanic clash between the Proteas and Pakistan at Supersport Park on Saturday the 30th of November. It's going to be hot, hot. So grab your buddies, rise, and support the boys. Tickets are available at ticketpros.coza, selected postnet outlets, or at the stadium. See you there in green, gold, and sunscreen. So you've decided what you're getting your loved ones for Christmas, but what are you getting yourself? Yes, you deserve a big gift too. And your General Motors dealer has a gift that keeps giving. If you buy selected Chevrolets, Opals or Isuzus before the end of this month, you only pay your first installment on the 1st of April 2014. Cut election and It's your Christmas gift. Offer subject to finance approval, T's and C's apply. Visit your nearest Chevrolet, Opel or Isuzu dealership for these and other awesome deals tailor-made for when. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Just an update on that. Uh, Ashes game, you know, Australia in all sorts of trouble earlier, and I think about 60 or, or maybe 100 or so for six wickets. Well, they're now 232 for six with the Haddon and Johnson, both in their 50s, so a great recovery for them. But we are talking about uh, maybe a recovery of different sorts here. The economy and the contribution of the informal sector and just how important is the informal sector. And in fact, does government realize it? Do you realize it? Uh, sometimes I know people sort of mock people sort of, you know, selling apples on the streets. Do we understand that if those people are unemployed, what actually happens to them and their families and then who then supports them? We speak about social grants. So one way of avoiding the dependence of people on the state is to get them to trade on their very own indeed. That's the essence, isn't it? OH9110420H. Oh, we've now got two guests. We've had uh, four earlier on. We do have the uh, Marina Willemser was us, an economist at the Efficiency Group, and we have Edmund Elias, who is the spokesperson for the South African National Traders Association. That's Centra. Some SMSs I've had. Um, the informal settlement countrywide turnover is an estimated 27 billion per annum. That's from Neil Parker in Port Elizabeth. Another question, does anyone know of how many of these informal traders are actually South Africans? Uh, question mark. It's in order to facilitate the informal traders to become formal that the World Bank created the Doing Business Report. Learn from that from MENA. And the informal sector can't get jobs. They are trying to make a living instead of resorting to crime and should be supported. And uh, do this thing. Maybe we should ask if we understand the framework of our economy. Informal trading is just one of them. Stopping will impact on level crimes, dependency on government grants, slowdown SME growth. All other traders should be regulated as well. And uh, Michael P. was saying informal traders don't pay tax and they are trading freely and government is doing nothing about it, especially the shops of foreigners. They don't pay tax. Okay, I'm going to get your calls. I'll get to my guests as well. Seppo, let's get your opinion from Pretoria. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm very good. Go ahead. What's, what's your point? Yeah, my point is it's fairly simple. It's about uh, generally speaking, what you, you, we need to understand what, difference, what, what, what are the differentiating factors between your formal uh, sector and your informal sector. And I think fundamentally to that, you informal sector in itself, big as it is, and because there are not so many regulations, but there are more controls that are now being in, introduced in the sector, simply because 
you need to start regulating, you need to start putting people from where they are to another level. The gentleman in the studio mentioned the point, made, made the point and said that, uh, you know, the, the, the whole graduation process and the whole government initiatives in terms of graduation, he said the gov- you can't even single out a person that the government has graduated to another level. And I, I differ with that. Informal sector largely is informed by the fact that many of these people are uneducated. They are living beyond the poverty, the poverty line. And most importantly, it's, for them, it's, it's to survive. So generally speaking, what the government has, has introduced in the past, which, which, which are measures to, to try and control, and obviously most of them reside within uh, CBDs and all of that, is that you, you, you need a, a, a sector that in itself, not, not necessarily it should, be, it should be self-regulated, but it should be free from a whole list of things. Uh, I think if you remember, Ashraf, mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a part that the government introduced around tax uh, of, of all the small businesses that uh, that are going to be granted or, or, or uh, tax in- incentives and all of that, and I think I think that the, the argument that the general makes in the studio is 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 is, is not an argument that I would, I would support in any way. I think the the the, 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 the informal sector in itself needs need to be supported and needs to grow from where it is. Okay, thanks for that uh, call, Chris Valley, your opinion, or rather, uh, Tepporelli, your opinion. But let's get uh, to Chris in, in Joburg. I tell you what, anybody um, from Joburg who's a trader who's been affected, besides myself chatting to Edmund Elias, I'm happy to take your opinion on this issue as well. Chris, go ahead, hi. Hi, good morning, Ashraf, how are you? I'm very good. What's your point? Yeah. I've, I've got a serious problem. How do you regulate that which you demonize? In the first instance, we continue calling them informal traders. These, in my view are in every right and sense entrepreneurs. But secondly, one of the things that we need to do is to create also is to create uh, liberated trading zones. When you walk around Johannesburg, how many dilapidated buildings are there? And those can provide spaces for the for the for the these entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to, to continue with their trade. And thirdly, also I mean they don't have access to water. Have you ever thought what is the opportunity cost for a, a young woman who is trading in the streets to go to a clinic to have her blood pressure checked, it's too much. They do not afford, and most of them die. Some of them get raped. There's a lot that goes on. We need to decriminalize and also begin to protect them. And then we can begin to talk about regulating. We cannot, whereas we provide a, 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 a very safe environment for other businesses, what we would prefer to call formal, formal sector for them to, to continue uh, uh, mm-hmm. doing their businesses. Why don't we do the same so that we can begin to say, this is what we provide and therefore this is what we expect from you back. Okay, thanks for that point. Very important point I think made. We'll get to Pat and Janusz in a few minutes' time. Stick around. If you're SMSing 34701, 34701, to call in, it's 89 If you've just tuned in, well, my name's Ashraf We're talking about... On the forum in are we underestimating the contribution of the informal sector to our economy? One of my guests is Marina Willemser, who is an economist at the Efficiency Group. Well, Marina, let's talk about this. I mean, don't you find, and we understand all the issues that have been discussed before, but, but sometimes the, the informal sector has this expectation of because they are unemployed, because they need to make a living, people might just make space for them. Now, that's almost suggesting, and I'm, I have to choose my words carefully, it's almost suggesting like someone saying, I can steal because, you know, I don't have any other choices. I'm not suggesting they're doing that, not at all, right? But 
they, they, they then tend to trade in areas where others have established stores that pay rental uh, at, at higher rentals that maintain certain areas. And we also know if we want to have, say, first-class cities or world-class cities, there needs to be a sense of order. And, and this, in fact, upsets the, the equilibrium. Well, if you take examples from overseas, even developed countries have informal sectors. Smaller, but they do grow. As economies grow, there is always an existence of an informal sector. So it's something that is inherent in an economic setup. Uh, it's part of a normal economy. So this will always be a factor in any economy. I think that as we become more developed and as our um, economic policies are being formulated to support entrepreneurs and incorporate them into the legal side of the economy, this sector will obviously be absorbed into the more formal sector, but there will always be an informal sector. And I think you, your previous speakers and you touched on a very important point. Often informal um, traders are seen, they're also called survivalist employees or uh, workers. It's really what that, that's the type of um, work that, people, that these people are doing. They are surviving mm-hmm. and they are going to use any method necessary to survive. And I think uh, uh, that's just a natural phenomenon that happens um, and it will happen and we're glad that it happens because it means that people are moving away from crime. Often these, these things are associated with each other but I think if we can at least try and make an honest living um, by selling things instead of stealing things, um, at least it's one step in the right direction. I can emphasize again that I think the solution here would be to get government to um, design policies on every um, in every different front that they can actually have an impact to, to, to make it easier for these people to trade legally um, and develop structures that will support them to trade legally. And, and that call, Chris, who said that in fact even the, the term informal trader should be well, it should be kicked out, should be withdrawn. It, it doesn't, it, it's not the right phrase to use. Your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I must tell you that's a, that's a very technical thing. For me, um, it doesn't make any difference. Um, we often just look at the statistics and we analyze the trends. So for us, on the, on the floor, in the practice, every day, we're going to see the same situation as no matter what we call them. Okay. Uh, your, your opinion on, on the admin on that, just the informal trader phrase? We prefer but it suggests to use that you're pretty informal and, and never likely to be formal well, at all. Well, I, I think it is technical, but we, we see it more as a people's component of the economy. People conducting economic activity below the developmental radar, um, despite the lack of a support system. It's the people's economy. I understand that the Durban, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, has, has a very active plan in terms of embracing informal traders um, and probably have been first to integrate them fully. I mean, is that true and, and to what degree? Yes, certain parts of Durban. I think there's the Warwick uh, Junction district that has a huge amount of informal traders. Um, but I think generally nationwide, there's a gatekeeper reactive approach from local government towards informal trading. You know, your callers and your speakers are talking about control. When you talk of control, you're talking of law enforcement. We'd like to see the phrase development, development and management replacing control or using control as a last resort. Uh, we're finding in the city of Johannesburg, for example, public space management is not mm-hmm. there. It's only there in the city improvement district corporate sector part of the city. And in that particular area, informal traders are trading without grime, without obstruction, happily, not impacting negatively on the formal sector. So I would say public space management is a key component and it's lacking in most instances. Okay, some of the SMSs we've had. Brandon saying, 
inexplicable and brutal campaign against traders being waged in Durban too. Uh, and then JPE is saying the problem is that they do not pay VAT and with Christmas coming up, formal retail stores want a monopoly on trade. Uh, and another one, how does our government allow hundreds of Chinatowns all around South Africa, cash only, no books, don't pay tax and probably send all their money back to China, yet the government is so quick to break down informal traders that are breadwinners for South African families and effectively mm. help with our poor unemployment rate. Uh, okay, that's a question. Pat, your thoughts from Durban? Hi. Hi, Elvis. Hi, Edmund. Um, yeah, I think firstly the China issue is a red herring because that's not the informal economy. That's the formal economy, and that's something which is happening in the formal economy that maybe we want to take issue with. On the informal, on the issue of um, uh, terminology, the International Labour Organization has been dealing with this for quite a while and recognized that in the informal economy there are many different sectors. So the street traders and, and the uh, retail part of the informal economy is just one part. There is the informal transport sector, there's the informal agricultural sector, there's domestic work, etc. And in terms of stats, a lot of statistical work has been done by the ILO, um, together with an organization called Women in Informal Employment, Globalizing and Organizing. The statistics generally show that uh, the contribution of the informal economy to the economy in a whole in South Africa is between 8 and 12%. But the, the proportion of the workforce in South Africa is between 30 and 40 percent. So as some of your speakers have said there, it's the people's part of the economy because a large part of the workforce is, force is in this economy, creating their own livelihoods, not waiting for handouts from the state. Mm -hmm. Also, the, um, the ILO resolution on decent work in the informal economy uh, dis distinguishes between own account workers, which means self-employed, and then on the other hand, people who are employed in extremely vulnerable situations are usually highly exploitative. There's also this misconception that informal traders are not paying tax. Mm -hmm. They are paying revenue to the municipalities. And what is tax if it's not revenue to government? And that includes revenue to local government. So when you look at what informal traders pay as a proportion of their income compared to people in the formal sector, you'll find that that's not a correct uh, assumption. In terms of the issue of transition from the informal to the formal, in fact, there's going to be a discussion at the International Labour Conference next year um, talking about gradual transitions and basically taking into account that uh, formalizing is not a, just simply a question of business registration mm -hmm. in the interests of the state and the, and, the formal, and the private sector. It's something which has to include <laughs> coverage of informal workers by social security. It has to include their right to represent themselves and when it comes to the issue of what is the solution, what is it that irritates say, the middle classes mm, about mm, the informal, uh, and the, uh, the, the regulation attempts that have been made, the biggest problem we are all having, and I've heard Edmund talk about this, is unilateral uh, attempts at regulation without, in the slightest way, including, um, including the participation of the people who are going to be the most affected by that. So what we are promoting... Uh, is basically uh, participatory processes, participatory social dialogue, something whereby the people within the, uh, the sectors are part of, of the solution. And somebody else on your uh, program correctly said that when these things are done by proper uh, negotiation, solutions are always found. Okay, and, and Pat, just lastly, when you say we, you represent an organization, if so who? I'm from uh, StreetNet International. It's an international federation of street traders organizations around the world. 
We have almost 600,000 members in uh, 53 affiliates in 47 countries. South Africa is one of those, and Edmunds organization is part of the uh, street trade organizations of Johannesburg, who've all been part of uh, an initiative to set up the South African Informal Traders Alliance. So I would suggest that next time you have this discussion, you have representatives uh, uh, from other towns uh, in in, uh uh, in the in the country about what's happening. Mm, the Durban example you mentioned yes. was a best practice example in the world between 2002 and 2004. Unfortunately, certain changes happened in the Durban municipality and then Durban turned its back on that inclusive approach that it had adopted. Okay. So Durban is now, along with Johannesburg and the others, in trying to regulate street traders unilaterally without their, their participation. Okay. Pat, Pat, thanks for that contribution. Let's leave it at that. I'll tell you what, to stay on the line because we're going to get your details to ensure that if we do something along this line, we'll certainly connect with you. I think street debt is interesting because it does say that, uh, and I think the good news is that uh, informal traders are in fact formalizing themselves in terms of, of, of umbrella bodies, which I think is a good thing. Right, we'll wrap up for the next five minutes on this issue. Are we underestimating the contribution of the informal sector to our economy and certainly looking at, at solutions? Uh, Pat suggested a couple of things. What's the win-win scenario? We'll talk about that and I'll address it to my guests right after this. Diesel engines have evolved, running cleaner, quieter, and more efficiently. But in South Africa, only one diesel fuel has kept up with evolution, offering an ultra-low sulfur content while still providing ultimate engine protection through revolutionary detergency, lubricity, and anti-corrosive additives. Introducing Sassel Turbo Diesel ULS 10 PPM, the first ultra-low sulfur diesel designed to power South Africa into a cleaner future. Sassel, reaching new frontiers. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Right, uh, Admin Elias, one of my guests, spokesperson for the South African National Traders Association. Do, do you want to pick up anything that has been said by the, by the callers and, and throw in, because I know time's against us, yes. in terms of, of just, just what the mood are of the traders right now in Joburg, those whose livelihoods are being threatened? I think it's a combination of desperation and hope. Um, People who say they're developing us are not developing us. They're, in fact, uh, oppressing us. Um, I think it, it was a significant development to have Pat Horn on this today because she's a key player in the, in the national picture. Um, if we look at the future, the way forward, informal traders are not going to leave our sidewalks. They're there to stay, and we need to develop systems and mechanisms to manage it in such a way that it doesn't impact negatively on other stakeholders. And there are examples of that having been done here and internationally. Mm -hmm. Um, A multitude of flea markets on the streets, for example, paying market-related rent uh, to pay for the public space management that local government are not giving us. Because I think we're, we're getting to a point where we could say or should say to traders, uh, no pay, no trade. Um, this business of them not paying rent, I think the trading fraternity is ready to pay as long as there's a service provided mm. for that. And, and, and how much would be acceptable to them? I think it depends on area by area, enough to pay for sustainable management. But clearly you don't want uh, the same sort of square meter uh, rate that, that the store you know, behind the trader would be paying, isn't it? No, that won't be the yardstick. I think the yardstick will be as to how much public space management will cost. Okay. Well, uh, let's get to another thought to Marina Valimsa. The, the point made by Pat about, you know, uh, greater consultation, say, between, between council and the traders, that, in fact, Pat believes it's, it's not really happening. 
Well, I'm not sure. Uh, it's not my specialty to yeah, really yeah. understand the organizational setup of um, the practical um, on the street trader. I think you you had a speaker phoning in that that sounded to me like a like you really know that's part of the business. I think I think an essential the bottom line for me really is that um, from a macroeconomic point of view, South Africa's unemployment rate is the highest in the world. I think we are mm-hmm. about the highest in the world, and if 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 a credit rating agent look at our country and if investors look at our country this is for sure the Achilles heel that really um, puts a damp on any investment opportunities in South Africa um, we have a very strong uh, labor section in our country that um, that actually have a lot of power and at this point in time we have a lot of unemployed people that cannot enter into the market so I'm very much uh, in favor of supporting um, the, the development of the informal trading sector mm-hmm. because we're getting people in Employed, and that's a real point. I mean, if you look at any economic strategy that we've ever had, um, it's about getting people employed. So I think I'm all for um, developing further organizations or support structures um, to get these people um, to have a say, to operate perhaps on a, on a, legal, uh, on a legal platform, mm-hmm. whether it's um, uh, the same kind of platform that more formal sectors um, try to have or, um, or not. It's really about supporting these people, getting them to uh, be able to make a living um, and, and to get people to, to um, feel like they are really contributing to this and, economy. And as an economist, I mean, do, do you get a sense that, in fact, the government are committed to doing just that or, or not? Well, it's very difficult sometimes to understand exactly what government is committed to because there are so many things on the table and we see lots of focus on everything. Um, employment or the, the destruction or the improvement of unemployment and the elimination of poverty is a very big goal. So for me, this should be a very important strategy. And you've seen times of this being implemented from a tax point of view. We've seen support for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Um, we've seen support um, in several different ways. But I think um, to get it to this extreme level where you're actually supporting somebody who's trading um, on the streets, um, uh, you know, uh, that, that we... I think we've just lost Marina completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we do have uh, Admin Elias, and we'll maybe spend the last minute or so with him. Admin, just in terms of going back to the, to the court order uh, or the possible summons that you may guys want to yes. issue, w- what's likely to happen? I mean, surely you don't want that to happen, isn't it? Uh, w- you don't uh, want it to happen, but, but you may want to go that route. Yes, Ashraf, we're left with no option. Um, people are desperate. People are not trading. There's no developmental or management plan in place uh, city of Johannesburg-wise. Uh, all that there is, is... Is that something you're going to put on the agenda, to say, have a management plan with us, have this consultation that Pat suggested anyway? Yes, there's no consultative process, there's no management plan. In areas of Johannesburg where there is management, it's working and it's working well. And the irony is that those people were also removed. So there's are, no are you Are you getting the level of public support to your cause as uh, maybe the anti-e-tolling alliance is, is getting? I think it's beginning. I think we're getting a bit less because we represent the poor. Mm. Um, poor people are marginalized, and it's not difficult to uh, brand the poor illegal. I think there's going to have to be a, a, a substantial policy revamp on the part of local government, not only Johannesburg, nationally. Mm-hmm. We would welcome a national informal trading policy, which is the product of an engagement process involving organizations like StreetNet International. Okay. We've got about uh, 30 seconds. Marina's back with us. Marina, just your, your final comments in 30 seconds. 
Well, um, just that and more can be done to support uh, the creation of small business or, or the sustainable um, existence of small business and to include the informal sector into the normal unemployment stats so that we have a much better number. We actually have much more people employed than what, we, what that we're reflecting at the moment and it, we could look much better from an international um, point of view as a country in terms of the statistics. Okay, that's Marina Willems, economist at the Efficiency Group. Thanks so much for your contribution. Right, Admiral Elias, I'll leave you with, you know, just in, tw- in 20 seconds. Who's on your side at the moment? Um, Wits University Architecture and Planning Department, SA Council of Churches, a substantial portion of the media, and the public. We must remember the public are the customers. Why are the people complaining, the traders complaining? Because uh, the, the customers want them back. Because if there wouldn't be customers, they wouldn't be well, in business. It is so convenient indeed to buy outside on the street and it's, it's terrific and I agree with you the atmosphere is really what you want let's leave it at that thank you so much for your time Edmund Elias the spokesperson for the South African National Traders Association happy to take your emails even off the air on this issue and you can email me as, lo- as well if you like ashraf at safm.coza uh, love to get your thoughts you can also follow me on twitter at ashraf Ganda, and also do go am live on safm uh, and you can tweet and facebook there 9 o'clock time now for morning talk